0: Solving a problem this big, this complex, and this important has never happened all at once. Gird yourself for a marathon, not a sprint, because that's what's required to meet this challenge.
1: Hello, and welcome to Meet the Leader, a podcast where top leaders share how they're tackling the world's toughest challenges. Today, we have a special episode inspired by the recent COP26 Global Climate Summit in Glasgow. We'll share messages from top leaders on the mindsets, actions, and habits we'll need to make change for the climate happen. Subscribe to Meet the Leader on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And please take a moment to rate and review us. I'm Linda Lucina from the World Economic Forum, and this is Meet the Leader.
2: Anything less than your best is too much to pay. Anything later than now is too little, too late. Nothing will change without you.
3: The climate action struggle requires all hands on deck. It is everyone's responsibility. Only together can we keep 1.5 degrees within reach and the equitable and resilient world we need.
1: The COP26 climate summit drew a number of stirring speeches. I've just excerpted a few from former U.S. President Barack Obama to poet Ursa Daly Ward and U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres. Leaders of all stripes gathered this month for an impossible challenge to call the world to action at the 26th edition of what's known as the Conference of the Parties to forge commitment and action for the climate. Of course, it's a dire moment for the environment, and one that won't be solved quickly or easily, or by speeches alone. I'll let the UN Secretary General explain more.
3: Keeping the 1.5 goal within reach means reducing emissions globally by 45% by 2030. But the present set of nationally determined contributions, even if fully implemented, would still increase emissions by 2030. According to the latest joint analysis of the National Determined Contributions by UNEP and UNFCCC, we remain on a catastrophic temperature rise track well above 2 degrees Celsius.
1: You heard the man. A catastrophic rise. And while the resulting Glasgow Climate Pact did provide a step forward, many climate researchers note that the current efforts to decarbonize are not enough to limit global temperature rise and that more ambitious action will be needed. Mitigating that catastrophic rise is, at its heart, leadership challenge, one I'd argue is the most critical of our lifetimes. So this week, instead of focusing on just one leader, I've collected highlights from several. Some spoke at COP26, some have spoken to my colleagues over the past few months, and others have previously appeared on Meet the Leader, and their advice will guide us on how any leader can do their part in the tough block-and-tackle work needed for climate change. From the mindset shifts we'll need to the ways we'll need to work differently and the personal strengths we didn't know we'd need to tap into. On that note, we'll start with former U.S. President Barack Obama and his message at the Climate Summit on the importance of imperfect compromise and how that makes room for progress.
0: Humanity has done hard things before. I believe we can do hard things again. Yes, the process will be messy. I guarantee you, every victory will be incomplete. We will face more setbacks. Sometimes we will be forced to settle for imperfect compromises because even if they don't achieve everything we want, at least they advance the cause. At least they move the ball down the field. But if we work hard enough for long enough, those partial victories add up. Our planet has been wounded by our actions. Those wounds won't be healed today or tomorrow or the next, but they can be healed by degrees. And if we start with that spirit, if each of us can fight through the occasional frustration and dread, if we pledge to do our part and then follow through on those commitments, I believe we can secure a better future
1: Tackling climate change will also mean reconsidering our capabilities and our priorities. Anna Borg is the president and CEO of energy company Vattenfall, one of the more than 30 companies that signed on to the First Movers Coalition, an initiative announced by U.S. President Joe Biden at the COP Summit to drive innovation and create early markets for clean energy technologies. Anna talked to my colleague Gail Markowitz this fall about how prioritization will take shape for her company and how
4: organizations can make the strongest contribution possible. It's important to understand what kind of business you want to transform and what is needed in order to do that. I also think it's important to be specific, to actually do things here and now, because that will spark the next wave of innovation. Uh, I have three examples that we work with at Vattenfall. One is that we're building what will be the world's largest offshore wind farm once it's commissioned. We are participating in the hybrid initiative regarding fossil free steel. And we are building out the infrastructure for charging of electric cars. So you need to do things here and now in order to build further on the innovation to come. I actually think that the magnitude of the new technology and uh, the new kind of business landscape that is unfolding in front of us is much larger than that. But that's three areas where we in Wattenfall can make a difference because One piece is in our own operation. For example, when we build new wind farms. Another one is in relation to what we are buying from our suppliers. And the third one is what we can provide to our customers. And here, the collaboration around fossil-free steel with hybrid, but also the infrastructure for charging electric cars are two good examples, but far from everything that's going to happen.
1: Collaboration will be paramount. And past Meet the Leader guests have shared how companies will need to get comfortable collaborating in new ways, working more with rivals, and even creating new business models that may not have made sense in any other context. Mahindra Singhi of Dalmia Cement Bharat Limited has more to add on that and on the importance of knowledge sharing.
0: Cross-sectoral sharing of knowledge is, is very, very important. Many good innovations might be happening in steel sector, aluminium sector, shipping sector or any other sector including cement sector. Now how we can exchange those views and then how with certain modifications, those innovations can be utilized and how as a public and private sector partnerships, banks, financial institutions and investors can also come together and Try to share the risk. And for that purpose, I think we'll all have to implement together shared vision.
1: All of this change will take a certain kind of metal, Which brings us to Barbara Martin Coppola, the chief digital officer of IKEA. She is using technology to drive sustainability at the retailer and helping her is a mindset she learned about in a book by Christina Figueres, the diplomat who steered the effort that resulted in the 2015 Paris Agreement. Here is my conversation with Barbara from July on the importance of stubborn optimism and the book, The Future We Choose.
3: Well, Cristiana Figueres, she talks about this stubborn optimism and facing a huge challenge as to getting, you know, all the leaders in the world of different countries to sign a Paris Agreement around climate and how she went about it. There is a whole philosophy of life behind what she did that is remarkable. She inspired me big, big time to try to have that stubborn optimism in, in everything that, that I'm facing. And if someone read that book, what would they take from it? That nothing is impossible. Even when something is like so big that you want to give up, don't. Because, you know, we are part of an interconnected humanity. And so when we start doing little things and everybody joins, we can really achieve amazing things. So believing in your power of influencing and and, uh, the possibility of facing things, not in a naive way but in a possible way to, to accomplish and, and to get us um, next generations, especially, to be better off. These big
1: picture changes take some workaday shifts in daily habits and how we organize ourselves. This spring, I talked to Sven Holsetter, the CEO of Yara, a global fertilizer and food solutions company based in Norway. He shared with me a simple question to check if you're truly walking the walk when it comes to building new partnerships. It's a question he asks himself, and one he asks his teams.
5: Okay, check your phone at the end of the day. How many calls went outside our organization? How many emails went outside our organization? How many meetings did you have with people outside our organization? And and the reason that I'm stressing this is that we have nine years left until 2030. And we know it's impossible to reach the Paris Agreement without collaboration, and then we need to to set some of the standards on, on what is expected and that is working also externally to, to, to create these partnerships. And that starts with us and, and, and that needs to be reflected in our uh, calendars when we, we sum that up at the end of the year, uh, end of the month or, 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 or uh, whatever that we actually behave in that way.
1: Success will also take thinking outside existing boxes and job descriptions. Audrey Choi, the chief sustainability officer at Morgan Stanley, knows this well. She had a non-traditional path to working at an investment bank, working first as a journalist and then in public policy for the Clinton administration and even Al Gore. Here's what Audrey has to say about seizing
5: opportunity by rethinking your role. Yeah. Look, I mean, I, th- I think everyone gets very focused on sort of what's on their to-do list for the day and what um, what they are, quote, expected to do by whoever they work for, right? And I think that, you know, what people have to remember is if the only thing you're ever doing at work is doing what you're told to do, first of all, you're not adding as much value as you could be, right? And, and also whatever you're being told to do is probably what people have always done and always expected out of that role, right? And that your value is what, what new perspective do you bring? And how can you think about doing something different? And so you know, how can we, th- we think innovatively about what, how can we do this even better, especially with regards to sustainability or impact of any kind? It's not just the people who have that in their title who should be doing it, because if only those of us who have it in their, t- our title do it, we'll never get anywhere, right? Everything that I do, I only, you know, have been able to succeed in because I've been able to enlist my, my colleagues and partners, frankly, in climate change one of my greatest partners is the chief risk officer right of, of the firm, right? He has been an incredible convert student and leader now in this. And I wouldn't have been able to do any of the things that, that I've done around, on behalf of the firm around net zero and climate change, if it hadn't been in partnership with all of our business leaders. Any change worth making requires a lot of people. And uh, you, you got to really be, be building those bridges, enlisting others. And so that's why I just think you know, if anyone sort of says, I want to have impact, but that's not in my job description, they should be a little bit more creative about how they define their job description.
1: Leaders also need to consider how their visions will be carried out after their tenure. After all, shifts like the energy transition will take decades, far longer than any one CEO's time at bat. In the fall, I talked to Clark Murphy, the CEO of management consulting firm, Russell Reynolds. Its research found that many top leaders don't know about the sustainability work already in progress at their companies. He stresses how leaders can tap into that existing passion to ensure sustainability visions can be carried out for the long term.
4: Get involved.
1: Hold your team accountable. Say you will be held accountable and who else
0: will you develop with you along the way? Not only do we have to change the business operations, we wanna be embedding sustainability into the frameworks of how leaders are selected, promoted, rewarded, developed. So put your hand up, pull people on the team, push the company to be more involved, and then with your own team or asked to be held accountable for how sustainably successful you are.
1: Before we go, I have one more leader for you climate activist Elizabeth Wathuti. She spoke at the COP26 opening ceremony and gave a devastating speech about the climate-related starvation faced by millions in her native Kenya. In this past year, both of our rainy
2: seasons have failed. And scientists say that it may be another 12 months before the waters return again. Meanwhile, our rivers are running dry. Our harvests are failing, our storehouses stand empty, our animals and people are dying. I have seen with my own eyes three young
1: children crying at the side of a dried up river. Elizabeth went on to share that as her fellow Kenyans faced drought, those in Algeria suffered from heat waves and wildfires, and those in Uganda from terrible floods. She shared those truths as a touchstone, a reminder to any leader how global warming devastates the most vulnerable and as a way to help right-side priorities. If you ever need one, here is her message to leaders on staying motivated. If you can open up your heart,
2: I can urge you to act at the pace and scale necessary, but in the end, your will to act must come from deep within. I believe in our human capacity to care deeply and to act collectively. I believe in our ability to do what is right if we let ourselves feel it in our hearts. The children cannot live on words and empty promises. They are waiting for you to act. Please open your hearts
1: and then act. Thank you. That was Elizabeth Wathuti. Before we go, don't forget Meet the Leader's sister podcast, Radio Davos, helping you understand the biggest problems of our time. Radio Davos has been running a series of environment episodes themed to COP26, demystifying everything from the energy transition to melting glaciers. Here's a sneak peek of what you can expect on Radio Davos.
6: I'm swimming in the water. I'm in the ice and I've been in the ice for the last 18 years and I'm seeing the changes and I'm feeling it. You don't have to be an extreme swimmer like Lewis Pugh braving sub-zero Arctic waters to notice climate change is really happening.
1: Immense storms that come down, wipe away homes, forests going up in flames around the world. People in subways in China and in New York. So what? was seen as this far away problem is now here and now.
6: As the COP26 climate summit approaches, the Radio Davos podcast will take you to the heart of the problem with some of the world's top thinkers.
5: We are already in a period of climate change. It's already begun. Weather extremes will be ever more extreme and more common. So we'll have more severe storms, more floods, more droughts. And that's the result of not doing very much effective about it. Frankly, that's where we're going right now. That is the scenario we're headed toward.
6: In a series of special episodes leading up to the climate summit, Radio Davos will take you into the cold but worryingly warming waters of the Arctic. I remember opening my curtains at 4am, getting ready for the swim, and one of these icebergs dislodged. It was like an explosion. Thousands and thousands and thousands of icebergs pouring out. It was like a motorway. And we'll talk to people who are not giving up hope that we can avert catastrophe. We need
1: different solutions that actually prioritise the well-being of people and the planet.
5: We will have gotten the Earth back on a much more benign climate trajectory. And as
6: the politicians talk the talk...
0: The adolescence of humanity is coming to an end. It's time for humanity to grow up.
6: We'll be looking for solutions in areas such as the ocean, forests, energy, and our cities.
3: We could stop using our atmosphere as an open sewer.
6: Subscribe to Radio Davos wherever you get your podcasts and join the conversation at the World Economic Forum Podcast Club on Facebook. Don't miss our coverage of climate change and COP26. That's... Will have a real impact. On Radio Davos.
1: That's it for me. Thanks so much to UN Climate Change for the permission to use clips from the COP26 climate summit for speeches from Barack Obama, the UN Secretary General, Ursa Daly Ward and Elizabeth Batuthi. My thanks also go out to all of the amazing leaders who've spoken with me and my colleagues in the past few months. And thanks, of course, Go to Gareth Nolan and Robin Pomeroy for all of their help, as always, with the creation of Meet the Leader. And thanks to you for listening. Please take a moment to rate and review our podcasts. And for more extensive Q&As from our guests, go online to wef.ch slash podcasts. And follow us online on social media on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok, and Twitter using the handle at WEF. That's it for now. I'm Linda Lucina from the World Economic Forum. Have a great day.